Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Erica, Gerard, welcome to A Little Wiser. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I can tell. You seem just... (laughs) Very, very excited to be here. No, voice. I really am. I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about this episode. I've been thinking about it all week. Okay, good, good. So today we are going to talk about not my interview because we called it a conversation. It was not an interview uh, with Joshua Walters, who ha- shares a diagnosis with me. Although it had shown up in our lives very differently, um, and that is bipolar disorder. So he's a, a a writer, a performer, a hip-hop artist. I mean, really, really, really creative. And he uses his stories um, about his life with mental health, which in, has included like a dozen stays and, you know, mental hospitals and institutions. And it was just so charming and uh, interesting. And yeah, I just, he was incredible. And And as I shared in the interview... You know, before we do these interviews, there's a long process in figuring out um, who we're going to have on the show. And sort of the final step is, you know, we've researched them, we've watched videos, we've read all the articles, but jump on the phone, what we call a pre-interview almost, and just to make sure there's that connection, it works for both people. And like, immediately into the conversation, I wasn't in my like, host mode, if you will, I was more just like in me mode because I was so curious about talking to somebody else my same age who was diagnosed at the same time um, who you know has the same illness that I live with I'd never done that because I you you know can't talk to people about things you hide from them which is fascinating to me because you did your episode which was episode 10 that we did with you where you revealed to the world that you have in fact been living with bipolar disorder for a long time and I know that you told me after that episode aired that you started hearing from so many people from all phases of your life that people were coming out of the woodwork to talk to you about it so I just figured and assumed that somebody in your in your sphere in your circles would say hey me too but that wasn't the case well no it was it was and that's I I should distinguish so I received floods of calls from a lot of parents about their teenage daughters or college because that's the onset right like multiple parents who said my daughter is a fresh she's just been diagnosed or we have no idea what is happening she's not sleeping she's not eating her behavior is irrational they think it may be bipolar um, so that was one where I was on the phone with the mother and then the daughter and they finally brought her back home and she was diagnosed. Um, a lot of people reaching out and saying, you know, I, 
thank you for doing that. My mother was bipolar and we lost her. She committed suicide. But as far as like somebody just peer to peer, like same age, diagnosed at the same time. So I felt like I was counseling a lot of people who were like 20 years behind me or a mother who was seeking me out to speak with her daughter and to offer her comfort and perspective. But it just was more like like peer to peer because no one has called me and said, thank you so much. I have it too. Mm. But a lot of people have called about um, people they love or wanting me to be the conduit and saying, will you speak with my kid? Will you speak with my wife? You know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. That's so fascinating. And so, I, I mean, I'm just so curious then what it was like for you to talk to him. What did you learn from it? How did it feel? Well, I just, it was really interesting because he was saying that, you know, so early on he became known for that, right? He kind of called himself the bipolar comedian. And then saying that he, as he went on and he had all these new sort of chapters and aspects of his life that he didn't necessarily want people to identify him as that, right? Mm -hmm. To be, and so it was kind of like, I almost questioned now that I'm stepping out into this place where I'm so becoming open and comfortable and which is really amazing and empowering. But like, you know, this whole idea of, that that were multifaceted that there's so many pieces of it and that he kind of felt that he had almost um, pigeonholed himself or identified himself into this one label right and and that was and that and you can tell he's ready to kind of challenge that if you will within himself and like within the communities and um, you know because he's on NPR he's done TED Talks he's done but I I you know I found it really you know my greatest fear were a lot of the things that happened in Joshua's life I mean I I didn't know if I would end up in a mental institution um you know he is um you know had things happen where he's you know as he said changing his number four times a week um you know relationships and jobs and so all of those things that probably were my deepest fears um I was talking to somebody who that was their reality and yeah, I mean, it made me made me sad for him that 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 he had to, um, you know, that that has been his road. But it also, you know, put you know puts my illness in perspective, right? That I could be in a very different place than I am. That I that I have really been able to to manage it for the most part, and you know, also I guess a sense of hope in that if if he is because like anything else, it's a spectrum, right? Um, any human medical condition, there's a spectrum. And that if he can, you know, he really does have, a, a, I think, a, a really cool, meaningful life in spite of having this disorder and having it in a way that, you know, is, is really pretty severe. Yeah, yeah. No, it, and he does have a rich, meaningful life. And, um, you know, I guess I can share, which you kind of alluded to in the interview, which is that I had actually met him before. Um, gosh, it's probably been um, 10, maybe 15 years ago, I met him in San Francisco. And I met him because he was a facilitating a support group for um, people with 
depression and bipolar disorder. And um, I also have been, you know, diagnosed for a good 20 years now um, with the label, I guess you would say, of um, clinical depression. Um, And so at that time in my life, I was really looking to connect with other people who had that same diagnosis because none of my friends did. Nobody did in my life. No one in my family, no one at work, no one in my circles. And I just needed to, I needed to talk to somebody who was going through what I was going through. And I walked in the room and there was five people in there in the support group. And he was the person moderating it. And, um, and he was great. And I felt a connection with him and he really put me at ease Um, and I quickly learned that the people that were there were experiencing like really severe symptoms that I was not going through. And I felt like I couldn't relate to what they were going through. And so I didn't end up going back. Well, that's kind of how I felt talking to him. And I even said that it's like, oh my gosh, do I even have a place in this conversation? Like your life has been, yes, yes, I get that. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point. And I think that's something that we're here to talk about today also, which is, you know, what are those labels? Are they valuable? Um, Are they useful? Or are they dangerous? And is there value in comparing our experiences um, and exploring our differences? And where should we, you know, maybe take a different approach? Yeah, it's... It's so hard, right? And also now it's like everybody has something, right? It's like, oh, she has OCD. She has anxiety disorder. She's agoraphobic. She's bipolar. Like it's so prevalent, right? Right. Like how, but I do think these labels can, I know early on for me, I was very confused about when they said, you have bipolar disorder You'll be on medication the rest of your life. Um, You probably need to drop out of most of your classes and focus on this right now because it's very serious. You know, I was seeing a therapist twice a week, a psychiatrist once a week, and this was kind of, and they're handing you like these lists of symptoms. And a lot of my tendencies or how people would describe me are on those lists of, you know, whatever it is, characteristics, you know, traits or marks. It's gregarious, you know, um, you know, outgoing and full of ideas and, you know, talkative and, you know, all of these creative. Right. <laughs> and and so I'm like, well, I was so confused about like, OK, well, is that me? Like, is that is that is that just me innately who I am as a person? Or are you telling me that that is a disorder? Right. Like, where does my personality end and my illness begin? And, and what is in my control and what is not, right? And so like all the ruminating thinking and all the, um, and, and to some extent, you know, and, and Joshua talked about this, like him saying he's in like a really creative zone and everyone's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, <laughs> here comes the big manic break. And he's just in his creative place and everybody, and so it is tricky because no person is any one thing right? These are aspects of it. We're all 
incre obviously incredibly complex and unique human beings. And when you have these afflictions of the brain and the chemistry of your brain, all of our brains are different, um, and you have these labels, I think it can be very hard and to some point sort of damn. And then the stigma we give the label, right? Like I was always afraid, you know, starting whatever it was two years ago for the long time before that, like I would, I was into Homeland and I would see Carrie and she was like, I, you know, I don't know, you know, sleeping with the seventh person in the week and, right. you know, being locked up and like on medication and her eyes rolling back in her head and her, she was like a very famous, well-known, um, beautifully developed character. And it was a woman with bipolar, a very bright, ambitious, driven woman. And so that like dance with madness and that portrayal of madness was really uncomfortable because I'm like, I know that label you're giving me is also the label in the media that you're portraying that that person may need to be locked up, that that person may lose their mind, that that person may go missing in another country and sleep with 17 people. And that is also the label that I am sharing. And I don't understand my place in that. Yes, no. And, and you're absolutely right. There is stigma. And unfortunately, it comes with certain diagnoses and not others, frankly. Um, and this is where this whole idea of labels is really tricky because some diagnoses are really useful. They can be really freeing even. I mean, yeah. if you are somebody who has your whole life been told you are a slob, you're a mess, why can't you close cabinet doors? Why can't you, you know, clean your room? Why are you, can't you finish anything that you start? And then one day someone says, um, you actually have attention deficit disorder. And you're like, oh, you know, like there's a reason why I do the things that I do. And people start to look at that as kind of an identity piece, right? Like, oh, I never knew that I was X, Y, Z. Um, and now I understand a little bit more about myself. And now I can go and look up resources that might be useful for somebody like me who you know, has this condition. So so they can be very freeing. But as you said, they also can be very limiting. Because, you know, certain diagnoses like borderline personality disorder, or schizophrenia, or bipolar disorder, these can be conditions um, typically associated with serious mental illness. And that can create a ripple effect among clinicians who turn away people, from people with these diagnoses afraid of it. Yes, yes. Um with, you know, peers who kind of back away and 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 maybe don't offer the same type of empathy or support. So I think we have to be very careful about the way that we communicate a diagnosis to someone um, you know, like yourself so you can explain it and, and give it context and so we don't all think we're the Carrie Mathesons of the world um, and then give people agency to determine what their own relationship is with with the diagnosis so you know just because we've been given a diagnosis doesn't mean that we have to accept the diagnosis we can 
use utilize the resources that benefit people with those symptoms, but it doesn't mean we automatically have to accept the diagnosis. It's also like the language of like, I'm dyslexic or I'm bipolar, I'm, you know, whatever it may, I'm, and it's not I'm, it's like, it's, I have, I live with, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the whole, that is a, a piece of you and that is all it is. And then I'm also obsessed and you and I have been talking about this, of that we look at the one side of the coin, right? The stigma is one thing, the shame, all of that. But all of these things, like nothing in life, there is always, you know, two sides to the coin, which you and I talked about and we did an interview with Joshua, that is these things are difficult. These things are hard. Um, you know, these uh, people lose their lives. I mean, it, and it, it must obviously be, be taken incredibly seriously. And, and there's so many different ways to support people and to heal and to take care of yourself and take care of your loved ones. But there also has never been a lot of discussion around the gifts, around the good, around the other side of the coin. And like, you know, I, you know, I know people who are incredibly anxious. They also analyze every outcome, which happens to be the sign of a great leader. They really think through things, you know, well, well, this could happen. This could happen. This and 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 sometimes it makes them a little more cautious or sometimes it leads the group to make a smarter decision or sometimes it I mean you you and and certainly you know Joshua and I talked about um, my productivity I think a lot of my ideas I think um, many pieces of me that are under this checklist I was given actually are our, our gifts, our blessings. And nobody had ever said that to me. It was like, well, you know, we're going to do the medication and this and you're at risk for this and your risk of postpartum psychosis. Like this long list of things of all these different ways in which my life could go. Um, but never like, hey, and here's the list of people with things who have a brain like yours are really good at doing. And here's it. And so I, I do think that that is important that we don't only look at these things as handicaps problematic yes and handicaps yeah and like okay now you now that means you can't do this or that means you're at risk for that it does we have to honor that we've we've got to but why not take a step back and look at the whole picture why not say great i get it show me what's on the other side of the coin yeah i loved the part of the interview there was there was a couple of things that you said that really resonated with me um one of them was I feel like I was so nice to Graham in the interview (laughs) well I mean it's clear that he's been a very big part of your story and a big part of your stability frankly I was like I I was like Graham is my anchoring I mean I was like I don't I, I feel like I should get something out of that I need to ask him for something that I need right now but you didn't what's the other side of the coin (laughs) um no but what I was saying some of the things that that you were saying are that are your gifts which are your big ideas your your writing in your notebook and pages and pages of ideas in the middle of the night um you know and then the the part where oh you said 
that you were always willing to kind of jump on a plane anytime somebody wanted you to go somewhere in the world and that you would give up sleep for creating and producing and that companies couldn't value that more. And I was like, oh, no, that's true. You know, like, I think companies, I mean, who wouldn't want an employee like that? Who wouldn't want an employee who is in a manic episode and you're being applauded because you're doing all of these things based on adrenaline, but at what cost, you know, like those, those are your gifts, but taken to the extreme, that's not good. No, correct. It's not, it's not good. It's, uh, and it can quickly get out of whack because then you are that like, once you have that adrenaline, there's almost like, like the, the, the train is moving too fast at that point. Like, you know, I think there's a point where if you're, paying attention to your body and your mind you're like wow I feel like I'm moving really quick like I'm you know speaking quick I've got a million ideas you like all of a sudden you you know have said yes to things you're hopping and you can kind of step back but once you're in that place like that zone it's much harder and it's not healthy and it's very beneficial (laughs) to companies (laughs) because who does not want a sleepless no oh no, I'll go and then I'll get up at five and then I'll do this. And then I'm going to send you 10 ideas about how to do it better. Oh, man. And they're like, go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, I, I, um, I think language is something we talk about on this podcast a lot. And I'm excited about reframing language, like figuring out how we talk about mental health in a way that A, is a little bit more curious Um perhaps more optimistic you know it's talked about with I think a lot of seriousness and weight as it deserves because it is serious but there also is this aspect to it of understanding that it is in fact a piece of us a dimension of us um, and it is not all dark it is not all shadow that you can find within there some light some gifts some wisdom whatever it looks it's going to look different for everybody um but 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 getting more curious about it and getting more curious around the language and getting more curious about how our labels put us in boxes and how we can change that. So I think Joshua was on that same page and that was cool to to find somebody who I found to be really smart um, and engaging who seems to be on that same path. Yeah. And just taking that thought a step further, I'm really um, passionate about not over pathologizing behavior and that was something that Joshua was expressing too that just because I'm having a creative burst doesn't mean that I'm in a manic episode similar to just you know overeating suddenly becomes binge eating disorder and having an you know too much junk in an, an unclean room is a hoarding disorder and being a bit forgetful could be a, a mild neuro logical cognitive disorder so just being careful that we are allowing our own humanity in our lives without pathologizing our behavior too much is so critical yes not everything needs um a a label a clinical diagnosis and a corresponding list of 10 things you need to do to alleviate it and four (laughs) drugs that will also help absolutely that said, I do take my meds. Thank God. Um, and they have, thank God. I mean, 
what would be happening <laughs> on this podcast without them. Um, so anyways, I um, it was a fun episode. We won't always do those conversations, but we it, it felt right. And it was cool that you had met him years ago on your own journey, uh, your own mental health journey, and that you guys connected all these years later through All the Wiser. That, that so was cool. Really cool, yeah. yeah. And some of you have asked us to uh, if we could provide that two sides of the coin copy from Kimmy's conversation with Joshua because you thought it was so cool. And uh, I love that idea. So I'm going to be pulling that part um, from our transcript so you can see it. And I'm going to be posting it on social media so you can go back and, and check out that two sides of the coin of having a bipolar diagnosis, um, the good, both the good and the bad. So if you aren't uh, following us yet, please check us out at all the wiser. I'm pulling a Kimmy at all the wiser <laughs> podcast on Instagram uh, or Facebook and uh, at all the wiser pod on Twitter. Um, yes, all the places you can follow us. And if you have not, please rate us and uh, write a glowing review while you are at it. We really, uh, we read them all. It makes a huge difference. And if you have the time and you love the show, we will be forever indebted. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And next week we will be back with a another beautifully harrowing, can I say that? Beautifully harrowing interview. Yeah, you just said it. Go for okay. it. Okay. Yes, it is going to take you on a ride. So I hope you will join us next week back here. And until then, everyone, have a great rest of your week. All right. Take, take care. care. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.